What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, Jordan Addison officially enters the transfer portal, but the same day he enters the portal, it sounds like the NCAA is planning a crackdown on this NIL and transfer portal stuff just on the heels of the Jordan Addison transfer. And we're going to talk about all of this. We're going to talk about what can be done, if anything can be done, and what this situation is entailing moving forward because it is a developing and crazy situation. And, of course, the biggest of those is could Jordan Addison actually come back to Pitt? We will talk about that possibility and talk about it in depth today here on the Locked On Pitt Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. It's always your host, Nick Fairbaum, we have been talking Jordan Addison all times, all week, since last Saturday. We have been talking about the Jordan Addison situation and what has come from it. Well, we've been waiting for him to officially hit the portal. John Garcia Jr. told us yesterday he was going to enter the portal, and he officially appeared in the portal today. So he is in there. Jordan Addison is officially legally able to be contacted by any program in the NCAA, and they can offer him whatever they want. So he is in the portal officially now, but we have heard rumblings of different things. John obviously telling us USC, apparently the higher-ups not happy there. Now, obviously, he could still end up in USC. We had the reports that he was in Los Angeles earlier this week, right after finals ended for Pitt. So it seems like he could potentially be out in L.A. already, and if that's the case, is he working out with Caleb Williams? What's going on there? Is he trying to go to USC? Is he visiting USC? Who knows? So much could be going on. And really, and when I mean this, so much could go on. And so that situation is developing right now. And it doesn't seem like 100% as much of a lock anymore that he goes to USC. Now, maybe it is just, you know, a cover or whatever. We've heard the whole thing about tampering or whatever it might be. We've heard about it all. But it seems like now Jordan Addison's going to take a little bit of time, kind of let this stuff marinate, maybe go on a few visits, maybe talk to a few schools. But the big thing that came out today was potentially that he could return to Pitt. And I think this is a really interesting possibility. So could, after all this... Jordan Addison still done the blue and gold next year. And what do I think about that overall? First of all, I wouldn't get my hopes up for it. Um, I just don't think even if he doesn't go to USC, for example, he has connections in Texas with Brendan Marion, Alabama, if they're calling. I mean, I don't care who you are. If Alabama calls calling, that has to be intriguing. There are going to be other schools that come into this mix, Miami, Georgia. Uh, there, there are going to be a lot of different schools that are going to want Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison could play just about really any program in the country. But Pitt's probably going to be involved here. But do not do not expect that to be a formality. It could happen. Again, it could happen 
don't get your hopes up that it's 100% going to happen. That's an easy way to be disappointed as a Pitt fan. Whether he ends up at USC, Texas, Alabama, Miami, some other school. It's a completely different topic. But what is important here is that as we look at Addison potentially returning to Pitt, I think there are a few things that we'd have to discuss. First of all, the new NIL deal. He would obviously have to have a new up the NIL deal to come back. Now, we've heard the reports that Pitt has reportedly up that NIL deal. He made around $250,000 here at Pitt last year. Apparently, they have upped that into the seven figures as an offer. So it's possible that he returns. And one of the big requisites of that happening is that he has a new, shiny, big NIL deal. Okay. So that's the first one. The second one, and I think this is what people are kind of wondering about is, well, what about the locker room? Are they going to win? Are they going to welcome him back in? And it seems like that's the case. You know, we've seen a, f- a few guys come out and talk about that buddy Mac talked about welcoming back. And of course that were tweeted by a bunch of guys, more importantly as well, Rashad battle coming out with a really strong stance today about supporting him and say he would welcome everyone back in. So it seems like his teammates are open to this. That's important because at the big at the big over level, yeah, Pat Narduzzi, whatever, he's going to have to be the one to decide. But also the players have to be welcoming. So the big first step is the players are welcoming to him returning. That's huge for him. Of course it is. But if the players are, are welcoming him back, then I think this door is open. Now, the question remains how much willingness is on that so- the side of the coaching staff and whatever, but I think the right move and the easy move is to allow him back. And I don't think it really should be much of a debate. I really don't. For one, he's a phenomenal player. And for two, this is really about business. Regardless of what you think of what happened, whether there was tampering or not, whether he is going to go and try to get his biggest bag, whether this is about NFL opportunities, whatever, whatever is the actual truth, it's business. It's about either one, getting a, a more money, two, finding a better situation so he can get better positioning in the NFL draft next year, if that's what he believes. And both of those things are interlocked with business because they both are going to involve money either now or in the future. So this is business. Let's let's be real about that. Football is a business, and so is college football. College football is a business. There's nothing personal about this. And, and that's the one thing here. It's like, don't blame Jordan Addison for anything he did. I really don't. And, you know, <laughs> I was offered $3 million plus in a house in Southern California, tampering or not. I don't care. If I'm Jordan Addison, man, I'm gone. I'm serious about that. If I'm Jordan Addison, I'm gone. Because that's not only a really good situation because you have Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, who have obviously produced plenty of NFL talent. I mean, I'm going to live in Los Angeles. Not a bad idea. But this is business. This is all about business. So if he wants to come back to Pitt and he says, okay, you know what? I explored the portal. 
yeah, USC offered that money to me, but I, I'm taking a little bit less. I don't, you know, you're still offering me a ton of money here. I like the situation I have here, I, and I'm staying here. That's a different story, I think, all together, literally all together. It's a completely different story. And I just don't think people, some, some people, you know, I think are sympathetic to, to that, but they should be. And it makes sense for Addison if he wants to come back, just allow him to. There's just no reason to say, nah, you're not coming back. Because really, at its heart, Addison is just making a business decision. This isn't personal. Nothing about it is personal. It's all about business. It's all about securing the best for his future and the money right now he has. That's the difference, right? That is the difference. This is not anything more than business. It's nothing more than, say, an NFL player going to get a bigger deal in his contract. Now, it's through different circumstances, and we have talked about those circumstances and why I think Pitt fans are mad at it, and rightfully so. But Jordan Addison ain't the cause of this. He's not the issue, and he never is, and the players aren't. Jordan Addison is just doing what he should be doing. Straight up. He's not the issue. Having a problem with Jordan Addison doesn't make any sense in this scenario to me. He's not a guy that is doing anything other than trying to get money or better in better situation for himself as he sees it, and that's completely his prerogative, and it's nothing more than business. Understand that understand that because that's a key distinction here if you're to hate on the powers that be usc for tampering whatever the ncaa for not setting guardrails on this stuff whatever but jordan addison that, that i don't get it i don't get that don't hate on jordan addison for this he's completely the innocent here uh, in terms of what he's doing i don't blame jordan addison for doing any of what he's doing to be quite honest with you. Um, but what welcoming him back is an obvious move. But how about this? So the NCAA is planning to maybe crack down on some of this stuff. And that's interesting to me, specifically with boosters and what this could lead to. Because I think it opens a whole different can of worms when we're talking about this. But first, let me let you know about Built Bar. Because folks, you know we are in spring and summer is coming. And I know with summer, you're going to want to have some food because you're going on vacation, you're going on some trips, you're going to need it, and you're going to need some protein bars to stay healthy. But some of those protein bars don't taste how you want them to taste. Well, Built Bar tastes great, and you can take it anywhere you may want because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Built Bar Puffs, which are the first ever protein-infused marshmallows. That's right, protein-infused marshmallows, and they taste great, covered in 100% real chocolate, but all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they have all the health benefits of a normal protein bar, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, 17 grams of protein in one Built Bar with so many different flavors like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more you can choose from on Built.com. So all you have to do is go to Built.com, use the promo code LAC15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's use the promo code LAC15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Pit Podcast as we're going to continue talking 
through this Addison situation because it is big and it seems to now have tremored further than just Pitt. And we've talked about this, the immediacy of this kind of situation. And would it lead to anything? Well, it seems like it has, at least amongst the NCAA higher-ups. It seems like there is some change coming, and it feels like that they are looking into this and, and trying to make something happen. And that is very interesting to me. Because more importantly, and what I say more so, is that cracking down on NIL collectives makes it very hard. They're exploring guidelines to reinforce boosters that are prohibited from recruiting because the schools are not monitoring donors and they can be sanctioned via that. That is what Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated said, and they wish they had implemented policy earlier. So there could be a tax force against these boosters and there could be NIL sanctions that come across. So this is kind of huge. Because you're setting a new guidelines against boosters to specifically go about tampering, right? Because the official says we let things get out of hand. We have to get the boosters out of contact and recruits and bothered with them. So this is kind of a way to, to try and deter that. However, I absolutely have some doubts here. I really do. How do you even put this cat back in the bag? Seriously, how do you put this cat back in the bag? No. How do you enforce any of this? Seriously. And here's the thing. If, if you bar booster involvement in the NIL stuff, now, after there has been booster involvement, I don't know how you actually enforce that. We've talked about this. There are some issues with NIL policy. It's pretty much a free, unregulated market. But there's also the thing of how the heck do you even enforce any of it? And more importantly, when the big booster collectives and the government were the ones to step in on NIL, how in the world, how in the world do you actually even win in a legal setting? Because you can set up these guidelines all you want, right? But here's the thing. Booster collectives are going to sue the NCAA, first of all. And you're not going to have an easy time winning in court. Bet on that. You're not going to have an easy time winning in court. Because it's hard to prove tampering cases. It is hard to prove tampering cases. We, could, we all probably know that Jordan Addison was contacted by a, someone on behalf of UC, USC in some regard. That he was contacted there, let known about these different offers he had. There has been tampering outside of this. Certainly, USC is just that nameless gray face that is filling that kind of model. And Jordan Addison is just the dude that is filling the, fa the face model of many other cases like this. Tampering has been going on here since NIL has opened up. And this is more of a college basketball issue. But it is obviously here as well. In college football. Obviously. And we kind of talked about this. How this is a slippery slope of like. Okay. The big schools are going to tamper. Then you get the smaller schools tampering. With the smaller schools. And there's just a chain reaction. And so the NCAA is uh, as usual. Late. 
it's as usual not right in not setting up those guardrails far earlier. As we should have noted, this thing should have been way ahead of time. Everyone knew it was coming. Everyone. If you didn't see this coming, you were dense, quite simply. The NCAA pushed this back, and what they really did was they put everything against the wall. And essentially put it on the back burner. And then when it finally came, and they were forced to make it legal, they're like, oh, we don't have any idea what to do. And so nothing was done. And so it just goes, and it just goes on. Were we really all that shocked that this ended up happening? Again, NCAA oversight on this has been absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. This is the crux of the issue. Jordan Ashton's just one example of this. Just one mere example. And you're trying to fix it now. You opened Pandora's box already. You think you got some magic wand you can wave to kind of snap it all back in? I don't know. Again, boosters and collectives have power. Legal power. They're going to bring in cases against the NCAA here. And there's still ways around this. There's 100% ways around this, too. And again, it's hard to enforce tampering stuff, right? It's hard to enforce tampering stuff. And I think that's the issue. How do you do that without setting the guidelines from the very jump? Because we're, we're 10 months into this thing, man. We're only 10 months into this thing. And it's clearly already hurting a lot of the schools that aren't those blue bloods. Like Pitt, is, they're the ACC champions the past year. It's not like Pitt isn't up there, but they're not in that top 10, 15 tier. They can't compete with USC, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, these schools, right? These are blue bloods, man. They're going to have the buying power all day. All day. And you bet they're going to try and poach each other, too. You saw Xavier Worthy almost get poached from Texas. Now, he, he went back. But one of those blue bloods came in, tried to get him. And you're essentially just going to create fantasy teams. I, I mean, that's what's going to happen here. And so, yeah, it's nice to see them trying it. But I don't know why I should think they're going to have any success doing it. Seriously. What's an oversight committee going to do? Are they toothless? Because it's very easy to see that happening. They hoped NIL would just be kind of this fluffy thing where, oh, the kid's selling merchandise, and everyone knew it was going to be a pay-for-play thing. And again, that's not a bad thing, inherently. It's really not. The tampering is the issue. The widespread tampering of these other schools is the issue. But I don't know how you put this in Pandora's box. The NCAA kind of missed the boat, man. And they really did. And I want to keep talking about that. But first, let me let you know about Rock Auto. Because, folks, 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or simply intimidating questioning while the person behind the counters orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to computers with rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. So all you have to do is save time and money when using Rock Auto, and you don't have to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or the car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, everything you could possibly need. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Bucks? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com talk here through this Jordan Addison situation apparently in response to it it feels like the crackdowns coming from the NCAA but what effect is this actually going to have seriously boosters collectives directives they're going to recruit they're going to retain they're going to tamper they're going to do all that I don't know how you contain it all seriously and I think this gets to a broader issue you throw up your hands because you fear the lawsuit's coming. And so the Pandora's box is opened. So you feel like things are going to go back in now? Hmm. Hmm. Well, how do you fix it? Okay. Now, there's a few things I've thought of, of how to fix it. Some people throw out, oh, reinstate the one sit-out transfer rule. No. Oh, don't allow pay for play. Well... At this point, you have to, right? You have to allow pay for play. And pay for play is not even the issue. It's the fact that they're tampering and offering that pay for play. If there wasn't tampering, that wouldn't be the issue. But schools are talking to these kids before they even hit the dang portal. That's the issue. That shouldn't be allowed to be happening. If Addison had hit the portal and no one had talked to him before he had even left Pitt and he had made the decision on his own. It's not an issue. But if a collect, if say a booster of USC is approaching Jordan Addison through back channels and offering him $3 million in a house, that's an issue. He's not even in the portal. Now he is. That would be legal. If he hit the portal today and then USC came calling and said, Hey, we'll offer you $3 million in a house. No one would have an issue with it. So that's the difference. And I just don't know how you put that back in. So I, I think you just amend at this point. Now, you put in some guardrails, right? Maybe you put in some certain periods. Maybe you try and put some boosters up in terms of, okay, we're going to say this. You can't do this. And then you can punish some level if you find that proof i mean it's really going to be tough to find legitimate hardcore proof of any of this but the bigger thing here to me is that maybe you actually have to start going away from the amateur thing man i think we have to start blurring amateur and pro if it hasn't already been blurred enough you 100 percent 
just have to crack that knuckle and you just have to go through it. And so here's the thing. Free movement among the portal, good. Players making money, dang good. But let's talk about collectives, boosters, coaches, whoever it might be from other schools while the guy is not even in the portal. And you seem to be buying players via tampering. That's not good. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for the competitive integrity of the sport. It's not going to be good for the future of the sport. And maybe Super League's going to happen. That could definitely happen. But it's not good for the sport, right? And so you let all of that out. So at this point, you have to take a different set of essentially not trying to come down too hard because, again, you restrict movement, you restrict NIL deals, and you restrict pay-for-play. Well, the players are going to fight back, and then you're really screwed because inherently that's wrong. Again, that is wrong. They pay, they play these universities, they pay on their backs for them. They should be paid. I don't care how they get the money, they should be paid. It's the tampering that's the issue. So, how do we fix that? Tough, but maybe you have defined employee stuff, right? It devalues fan interest to have essential tampering and then just sweep the rug out from under everyone. It's gonna hurt the sport. It's gonna further that gap between the top teams and the rest of the group. So everyone's uneasy about everything because of that. They just don't like outside influences coming to talk to the guys that are on scholarship and not in the portal. That's the biggest thing. And so maybe the current setup of NIL has to change. I think athletes have to start being considered employees of the university, right? They generate billions of dollars each year for this sport. And these universities make millions off them. So let's start considering them employees. I think that's a logical first step, right? And then from there, you can build out a structure. That's a logical first step. We have to acknowledge that. The NCAA might not want to, but you have to. These aren't amateurs anymore. They are employees of the university. And folks, these guys aren't amateurs. They aren't just student athletes. Now they're employees playing for the universe. This is what we have to acknowledge. And maybe you set up some guardrails about boosters and collectives. Try it. I know you're going to get sued, but you got to try it. But you can't overcorrect, right? Just say you aren't allowed to talk to them until they hit the port. But the logical first step is is moving towards kind of blurring the lines between the pro and the amateur. You have to say that they're employees of the university at this point because maybe maybe that allows you more flexibility in what you can do. But that's what you got to do at this point. The cat's already out of the bag. And the NCAA kind of fumbled that bag. And that's the reality of the situation. That's why we are where we are. And that's the reality of it all. The NCAA fumbled this massively. Long ago. Long ago, the NCAA should have had something in place already. They missed the boat. The pain for it. Trying to put it back in. It's not going to work. Time to acknowledge what these players actually are. That's what they're going to have to do moving forward all right folks as always thank you for listening to the locked on pit podcast we'll be back tomorrow talking some nas and stuff probably but i also do want to start to talk a little bit about okay he's if he is gone 
What about Kanata Mumfield and Jared Wayne? Are they ready to step up as wide receiver ones potentially? We will make sure to talk about that. Folks, as always, thank you for listening. As always, hail to pick.